Welcome to a podcast from Hope Church Glasgow. For more about us, check out hopechurchglasgow.org. So, so I'm a GP and life, as you can imagine, is fairly consuming. And I'd said a while ago to the other uh, the leaders that I really couldn't do any of the, the preachers just because the, the time I wanted to give to come to prepare and to, to do it, you know, I just felt it just did not have the capacity. But it's been lovely how God's been speaking anyway. So when uh, when the sort of thought came and I was, could have punted it onto someone else, but I thought, no, I think I've got something here. So I'm going to talk about hope is the sort of main thing, but it struck me as I've been listening that there's three things that we talk about, and that's trust and hope and faith. And so it's mainly about hope, but it's sort of looking at how trust and hope and faith all connect, and we need some of all of these things. Um, so it really has been very challenging times, and, and when she was praying there, was saying you know, about a lot of the uncertainty that there is. Um, and that's true for me as, as a GP, that what is you know, the things that you've got to do with masks and gloves and, and all of that, and trying to keep people socially distanced, and yet it's quite an intimate you know, conversation, examining people. So there's, there's all sorts of challenges that we have. And the public are now expecting shops are open, cinemas are open. Clearly, we just go straight back to how it was, but it's not yet there yet. So there's a lot of uncertainty about how things are going to unfold. We're feeling that as, as a church community, you know, how's life going to unfold, even in our own lives? You know, just some people, and it's interesting, isn't it, how um, there are always those who are pushing the boundaries, those who, well, I know you're not supposed to, but, you know, and they're sort of trying to see how far... Others are thinking, whoa, 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 let's just hang on here. Will you guys just sit down, stop messing around? Let's all just get through this safely. And so you find people at very different positions in this. Um, and just this not knowing about the timings of things. And we hear about what might happen in England on the 19th of July. Apparently everything's going to open up. Is that going to be true? Is it not going to be true? Is it going to happen here? There's, there's so much uncertainty. And will things actually go back to how they were? Um, and I think a lot of us are just thinking, well, it'd be good if not everything went back to how it was. There's lots of good things that we've learned. Some things really, let's just get back to how it was. But these times of uncertainty can cause a lot of anxiety. But they're also a great opportunity for reevaluating. They're also a good time just to take stock and to think about what is important in my life? What are the priorities that I hold? What am I giving my time and my energy to? And do my values match up with my behavior? Do I actually give the time to what I think is important? What is my race? Paul talks about the race that he, he had set before him. What's the thing that God's given for me to do? But also part of that in uncertain times, what does make me secure? Where does my security come from? And so clearly there's some security that comes from familiarity. You know what's going to happen because it always happens but too much of that leads to um, predictability and lacking spontaneity. It can be a bit sort of dull and boring. But there's a sense of security that comes from, you know, it's going to happen because that's what always happens. Um, but really, that's not a good strength when things when change happens. So whether it's a personal thing or a national, you know, crisis like this, um, just predictability and confidence that you know what's going to happen doesn't serve you very well. Also, trying to work it out and thinking you can be several steps ahead and you've got really that sort of brain that can, can work things through. You can hold all the multiple options and hold it together. Our brains are just not built that. You know, Some people do it better than others, or so they think. But actually, my conviction is that that's not how God has designed us to operate. 
with God, the landscape is about trust. And we trust in who God is. We don't know what's necessarily going to happen, but our confidence is that he's a good God who loves us. And it's his love for us that will keep us safe, no matter what the, the storms, as, uh, as we've heard recently, um, no matter what the storms of life throw at us. So I've got a few sort of definitions um, just to, to throw in here. Trust is the firm belief in the reliability, truth, or ability of someone or something. Um, in Isaiah 26, 3, one of my favorite verses, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Um, and trust is a choice. You All the way through the, the Psalms and much of the Old Testament, it's a trust in the Lord. Um, and you've got to continue to trust, trust with one another. You can choose to trust someone or think, no way, I'm not going to trust you. And you, you can put your trust in someone. So trust is very much a choice that you, you make. Um, and we need to continue to make that choice regularly. We continue to choose, I'm going to trust God, even though I don't understand. I'm going to trust God, even though it's not going the way that I would like or that I think it, it should go. Um, and this is just a good, I trust God as a good general position to occupy as the basis of our relationship with him. Faith, briefly looking at faith, um, I'm just going to concentrate on what, you know, a few verses from the Bible. And the main one that we all think about is Hebrews 11, verse 1, where it says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So it's pretty solid and confident. You just know it's got that, yeah, this is going to happen. Um, and, and faith has that assurance, that conviction, the solidity. Another verse, Romans 10, 17, faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So it's hearing what God is saying. And if we know that God's spoken very clearly, then it's God and it's a clear word. We can have faith. And so that sort of solid, confident, yes, God's spoken. But there's times when God hasn't spoken that clearly. So God hasn't told me when the lockdown's going to end. He hasn't told me what life's going to be like after that. There's certain things that I don't know because God hasn't spoken. So I can't operate in faith. I can still stand in a general position of trust. But actually what I like most is, is hope, because hope sits between these two. So the general trusting God, the general choosing to believe that God is good and he's for me um, is, is great. And having faith when it comes is great. But we can sit in a hopeful place in the middle of these two, two things. So hope, um, my definition of hope is the confident expectation that goodness is coming on you in your life based on the nature of God. He is hope and he is good. Um, the Bible, sorry, the dictionary definition said it's the feeling or belief that something that you want is likely to happen. So it's a feeling with expectation. Um, there's a verb as well, to hope. Um, to hope is to desire with expectation. It's, it's quite a... I, think it's much more robust than we often give it credit for. Sometimes, oh, I hope so. There's a bit of a sort of limp wrist that can come on with, uh, with, with that. You know, you can just have a bit of, oh, I'm not sure, but oh, it probably won't knowing my luck, you know, but, but I hope so. Um, that's not the sort of hope I'm hoping for. It's not a, oh, I hope so. It's a, hmm, yes, there's something in this. Um, hope is vital and really hope I thought of this is like a, an oil or a lubricant. It's what keeps things moving through times of uncertainty. Because without hope, you just sort of tend to get stiff and stuck. And, you know, but you might not know where, but hope tends to lubricate and oil things and, and keep something moving. 
Um, <clears throat> so how do we measure hope? And I've talked about a hopeometer before. Um, there's a book, The Three Bat Battlegrounds by Francis Frangipani. And there's a great quote, I love this. If you want to identify the hidden strongholds in your life, you need only to survey the attitudes of your heart. Every area of your thinking that glistens with hope in God is an area which is being liberated by Christ. But any system of thinking that does not have hope, which feels hopeless, is a stronghold which must be pulled down. So uh, glisten, we don't usually use that word very often, but you can look at something and you, you see it and there it is just, just before you. But if it's glistening, there's a sparkle to it, there's a something definite. It, glistening is that sort of coating, sparkling, there's, ooh, yes, there's something in this. You can't definitely see it, but there's a something there. So I like glistening with hope and you can see it when it's there and you can be sure when it's not. So if, are there areas in your life that have not got hope attached to them? Because um, God has set us free, we have freedom as the the promise, the mandate, the you know gift from heaven, and we are being set free. But we can also have the freedom that Christ has already won for us. And how hopeful we feel is a measure of how much freedom we're living in. And I believe it's a good habit to examine yourself because there's what happens in a crisis is there's that sort of tough it's through. You know, you just got to get on with it, and, and that can carry us so far. And I think we've we've done that to begin with, and we had that, you know, because we're talking March, you know, 2020, weren't we? And, right, it's going to be a few months. We've just got to, you know, work with this, get this there, and then sleep. Oh, it might be six months. And I'm always hopeful. I think, oh, surely not. It can't be that long. But, you know, 15 months on, and we're still working through things. <clears throat> so, you know, you can have that, you know, just get on with it, but is it's got hope attached to it? So examine yourself is a good thing. What are your emotions saying? Are the things that trigger your anxiety? Are the things that you're avoiding? Now, naturally, sensibly, there are things that we're enjoy avoiding, you know, not wearing masks when you go to supermarkets, you know, not meeting um, in, in public places, especially where people aren't behaving sensibly. But are there things that you're choosing to avoid because of anxiety or concern or just a bit of fear. Do you have any immediate reactions when certain subjects are raised or certain situations arise? Do you find yourself becoming defensive or avoidant? Because um, that's a sign that there's something not filled with hope in your life. And do you have an expectation of the goodness of God? Um, it's always good if you're not sure, just to ask God. And Psalm 139 verses 23 and 24 has a great Great verse, search me, O God, and know my heart. That's a, a good prayer to pray. Try me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there's any hurtful way in me. Lead me in the way everlasting. And that phrase, any hurtful way, is actually also translated literally. It means the way of pain. And a way of pain is just that path that you've now found yourself walking in because of past hurts, because of past experiences because you've been affected by, you know, this hope deferred makes the heart sick. You've held on, held on for so long, and now you find that your hope is diminished. Um, past negative, or, you know, I've tried that before, didn't work out well, and you've learned to keep your distance. And I'm encouraging you just to have a thought, have a prayer, ask God about these things, not just to sort of, you know, you can get down on yourself and score yourself, oh, you know, miserable me, I'm failing again. No, the point in doing this is to look to God and so, God, how can you help overcome these things? 
are there areas that need healing? Are there situations that need dealing with? Are there things that actually need to find something from you? And I mentioned the um, Isaiah 26, 3 being a, a, a favorite verse. I, I find myself, whenever I do stand and, and preach from the front, saying, oh, this is my favorite verse. And here's another of my favorite verses. Um, so Romans 15, 13, um, perhaps the best verse on, on hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. And this verse has come back as a sort of favorite verse over many, many situations through our lives. And there's so much good stuff in this one. May the God of hope, it starts with the fact that hope is part of God's nature. So we can hope because he is hope. And if it's in his nature and we're new creations, then God has put hope in us. It might not be strong. It might not be shouting out. It might not feel very there, but God has put hope in us because his nature is in us. So there's something there to draw on. We might need to exercise. We might need to look at what's clouding it, other things that are, you know, hemming it in. But the God of hope is in us, and he is hope. And it's also, it looks like joy and peace. It doesn't look like stress and striving. So, as I say, there's a time just for that gritting your teeth, holding on. But hope looks like joy and peace in believing. So it's really just there just to say, you know, let's find more from God if we're needing more from God. But perhaps the best bit of this verse for me is that you may abound in hope by the power of the Spirit, Holy Spirit. Can you actually say that you're abounding in hope? That would be great. Um, but we don't often feel I'm abounding in hope. Abounding is not really a word that we characterize ourselves with very much, is it? But it's by the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is really the best bit of this, that it's supernatural. And therefore, if it's supernatural, it comes from God. And therefore, there's no condemnation for me if I don't feel I'm living like that right now. So me as little old me, maybe not that hopeful. Me full of the Holy Spirit, come on, Jesus. Let's see the difference. And so it's, a, it's by the power of the Holy Spirit, which means that there's no condemnation if we don't feel hopeful. But also, let's go to God. Let's find this. If anyone lacks wisdom can also be if anyone lacks hope. Let's go to God and find from him. And really, this is, is my conclusion, um, that hope is central to what we need right now. It's central to life in general. And it is actually under attack. And this can be true for lots of situations in life, but I think there's something about this lockdown season that we've been going through. It's had a grinding down effect because it's not been like, Oh, it'll last this long and then it'll be done. It's just the, oh, another, oh, another. And that wearing effect has had that. And so hope is being under, under attack. And hope is more significant than we believe, I think, that when you have hope, it is that oil. It is that thing that keeps things moving, even when the pressure's on. So in a, a gearbox, anything mechanical, you know, when the pressure's on, if there's no oil, it just seizes. But where there's oil, the pressure doesn't stop it keeps moving. And so hope is, is very significant. And um, another good verse to remember, Psalm 27, verses 13 and 14. I would have despaired unless I'd believed that I'd see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Unless I believed, unless I had hope. So wait for the Lord. Be strong and take. let your hearts take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. 
And really just a good principle in life, if the Bible repeats something, it's really important. It's worth rem remembering. So wait for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord is just being in God's presence. It is, I often think like waits like a waiter. You know, we're giving our attention to God. It's not sort of, here, give me, give me. But we actually go to God and say, God, I want to give you praise. I want to give you worship. I want to give you my thanks and adoration. And you can go to God with things. But it's always a two-way thing, isn't it? And so we receive from God. It's constantly pointing ourselves back to the presence of God. And I often think that life is a distraction. and can sometimes be a great distraction. Um, but looking through the story of the people of Israel and the Bible, they were as distracted by good times as much by bad times. So being aware that success or failure or disappointment um, all can distract us, um, it's our um, conviction just to constantly choose to make choices that were always sitting on Father's lap, that were always looking to him um, and rather than trying to work out everything for ourselves. And also remember, there's no condemnation. Not having hope is not the problem. Realising I don't have any hope and not going to God, the source of hope, that's when it becomes a problem. So really, let's be ruthless in rooting out hopelessness. Let's expect the God of hope to keep us in hope so that we become hopeful ourselves and become a source of hope to this hurting world. I mean, it's a, there's so much packed in here. Um, and I did do a few preaches at the beginning of 2017. Um, and there are three preaches on the Hope Church website if you want to find out a bit more about hope and particularly about dealing with disappointment. Um, so thank you. I hope that's a blessing. And uh, look after yourselves. Thank you for listening. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, or search Hope Church Glasgow on your favourite podcast player.